How does your business get visibility online? Is it by posting on social media all the time? Is it by getting into TikTok? What is the key that will get your business found online? In the past episode, we talked to Jared Kleinert. He was on the TED stage while he was a teenager. And it kind of makes you wonder what you've been doing with your life, right? And when I asked him what made him so confident at such a young age, his answer was priceless. He just didn't see any downside to everything that he was doing. Hi, my name is Ina Coveney, and I am a global online presence expert, and I teach business owners how to get online and be super successful at it. And every Monday, I give you an example. I give you a great interview with an entrepreneur who has made it in the online world. And every Thursday, I give you a companion episode where I teach you three things that that interview guest is doing very right in their business, and you can start doing right now even if you're starting out. If you would like to listen to the interview with Jared Kleiner, go back to episode nine of the podcast. And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts while you're enjoying a juicy cheeseburger, make sure to wipe your fingers clean first before heading over to the reviews tab and leaving a five-star review. And say something nice. It really helps other people find the show. And thanks. This is The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney, the podcast where the self-made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found. But before we get started with the teaching, I'd like to answer some listener questions. To drop your question, go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com, enter your question in there, and I will answer it on the air. The first question today comes from Patty Schmuck, who helps parents of suicide loss live a full life even while they remember the loss of their child. You can find her at fromgrievingtoliving.com. And her question is, what is your best networking secret. I'm going to tell you it's not much of a secret at all. It's actually quite public. My favorite way to network is to be out there teaching something in public. Now, the pandemic has kind of put a damper on in-person events, but that doesn't mean that we can't actually go out and teach. So a, a great way to do this is to just post an event bright event. Now, Eventbrite used to be just for physical events, but now with the pandemic, they have a very, very specific category for this is an online event, which has made it wonderful because it's not tied to a particular physical location. So, and I mean like a, a, a locality, like a town and a state, you can just have an online event on Eventbrite. So you can do this. I do this all the time. It's just going to Eventbrite, putting up, hey, I'm going to be talking about this and invite people into a Zoom right? This is the way that you would do it in the virtual world. But in the physical world, once the pandemic restrictions are lifted and everybody can see each other again, if, you, if you're in a state that can have small parties together, get a place. And it's really not that hard to find a place to meet. Um, in my town, I can rent a hall for $40 an hour. It doesn't break the bank. It's not thousands of dollars. It's not even hundreds of dollars. I can just rent a hall for an hour put a couple of chairs in there, a few chairs in there, advertise it, put it on Eventbrite, and then just watch the people come. That is my favorite way of putting myself out there and of networking. Now, do I have a secret for it? I guess the secret is that I make my own opportunities. I don't wait 
until I am in a situation where I need to do networking, right? Um, but I will tell you that something I do very, very intentionally is I go to conferences by myself. And I love doing that. Number one, because I love the freedom that that, that, that gives you, right? I love going to the conferences without having to coordinate with anybody else, like, which workshop are you going to? And what are you doing? And what time do you want to have dinner? I'm like, no, 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 none of that. I go, I lay out all of my clothes in the hotel room. I can go back to my hotel room anytime I want. So it is just a lot of freedom that goes with going by myself. But more importantly, because I am alone, I can go to any workshop I want and talk to anybody I want. I'm not paired up with someone that we have to be responsible for each other's, uh, being each other's buddy. Is in the late, in the, one of the biggest conferences that I went to in the past year, um, there were people having lunch at the restaurants in the lobby. And I saw there was a table with three women and I saw they had the same lanyard as me and there was an empty chair. And I went up there and said, hi, did you guys order already? And they said, yes, we already ordered. Well, if you don't mind, I'll join you for lunch and I'll, I'll just hail over the, uh, the waitress over. And I ended up meeting them and it was a lovely time. So if I have a secret is that I make my own opportunities through Eventbrite. If I have a favorite way is to go to conferences alone and to meet as many people as possible. I can be sitting in a workshop and while the workshop or waiting for every, everybody's waiting for the workshop to start, I will turn to the person next to me, extend my hand out and say, hi, I'm Ina. What is your name? And that's, that starts it. It's really, really simple once you uh, think about it that way. Once you have that method down of hand out, my name is Ina, what is yours? And it can just go from there. I've made incredible connections that way. I've made clients that way. And it has been an incredible opportunity. So make sure you get yourself out there to meet people as much as possible and create your own opportunities if you can. Thank you, Patty, for your question. The next question comes from my dear friend and future podcast guest. Watch out for her episode. Jen Hemphill, Latina money expert. She's the host of the Her Dinero Matters podcast, and she can be found at jenhemphill.com. And you can actually see me on her podcast. Uh, just find episode number 234. It was a great conversation all about money mindset. You don't want to miss it. So here's a little plug for my interview on Jen's podcast. And she's coming on mine. It was amazing. So watch out for that. Her question is, I detest launches. They make me run for the hills. For people that don't want to do the in-depth launches with a ton of email sequences, ads, and challenges or webinars, what are some ways to simplify a launch and make it successful? This is a great question. I'm going to tell you why, Jen, because in my next episode, which is episode 11, seriously, next week, I'm going to have Elaine Lou Cartas. She is a million dollar, soon to be million dollar entrepreneur who has made her business without doing launches. She has done them in the past. She's just decided they're not for her. So she continues to get clients and she found that there is no need to do them at all. So make sure you listen to that episode for more details. But I'm going to tell you the way that Elaine does it and the way that I would tell you to go about it is to really nurture every conversation that you have and every relationship that you have. So continue to get clients throughout. But you mentioned, is there a way to simplify a launch? I'm going to answer specifically, yes, you want to have a launch, but you want it to be simpler. Okay. So 
All you need for a launch, Jen, is to have a start and an end to the event, right? That's the definition of a launch, a start and an end. So the beginning could just be letting your audience know that that date is coming soon. But you got to have two elements that are really important. Urgency and scarcity. Those are the two main components of a launch, urgency and scarcity. So what does that mean? Let's go with urgency. Urgency urgency means that they can't just take advantage of this offer anytime. There is an urgent need for them to talk to you, to sign up for this right now. Otherwise, it's going to go away. So that's where the time frame of the, of the launch comes in. Your cart has to close at some point. It's even better if you have expiring bonuses, all right? So if you say, okay, I'm just going to launch and I'm going to keep my cart open for five days, all right? Some people do a month, by the way. Some people do a 28-day launch, which I think is crazy. I usually keep it to about two weeks because I do one week while I'm promoting and then another week to allow for sales calls to trickle in and then I close the cart. But some people do over a weekend. They just say my webinar is on Thursday and the cart closes on Sunday. So your launch can be as long or as short as you want it to be. Just pick a time frame that feels good to you and just say, that's when my launch is going to be. So you're going to have to prepare people that during that time frame and only during that time frame, they can take advantage of a special offer and you can include bonuses that expire each day or every couple of days to give the sense of urgency that they have to act right now. The other one is scarcity. They can't believe that this is something that is going to happen often, that is going to happen frequently, that it doesn't matter if the cart is closed, they can sign up anytime, right? Which kind of uh, talks a little bit about the urgency. I'm kind of muddying the waters there. But there's got to be scarcity. And in terms of scarcity, they got to believe that if they don't take action right now, somebody else is going to take their place. There aren't enough spots for them to make it in. So that plays on the sense of urgency in that they have to act now. But at the same time, even if they acted now, there may not be enough spots. So that's how you end up with, you know, watching all the launches that you see where people say, hey, we only have limited spots because of X, Y, or Z. That's a scarcity factor playing in there. Uh, in most cases, you know, I've seen coaches that do a launch and then they say, okay, we only have 100 spots. And then they allow in 110 people and they say, oops, we forgot to close the cart. Not really if, you know, we're, we're, donde comen 100, comen 110, where, where, where 100 people can eat, 110 people can eat. Um, but yeah, and you want, you know, as many clients as possible, but you got to have a sense that there really aren't enough spots. So if this is for coaching, for example, uh, my BeFound program, I try to limit it to like five people. Because that's as much as, I, as much as I can handle during that period of time, coaching that many people on something that is as, as involved as creating their business and creating their website. That's as many as I can do. That's why I created the self-guided program so I can welcome more people at a time. So there is a sense of scarcity, right? If I get six people, I'll be happy where, where I can have 
six, five people, I can have six. That's fine. But I got to communicate to everyone that, no, I'm not letting 20 people in. I'm not letting 10 people in. I'm only allowing five spots in. All right. If I get six, I'll let them in because like, why not? Right. But I need them to know that this is something that they may not make it. So all of these things make them act quicker. So if you have those two elements, it doesn't really matter how long the, the how long the launch is for. Just make sure that everybody knows it. Do everything you can to make sure that everybody knows that on November 1st, you're going to start accepting applications to work with you and there's only three spots left. Okay, you're only allowing three spots. Make sure everybody knows. And once everybody knows that, on that date, do something to attract people to this information because assume that everybody ignored your emails and nobody's really checking your Facebook group all the time and they missed the past three podcast episodes, right? Create an event that will attract their eyes. So if you don't want to do a challenge or a webinar or a whole bunch of email sequences, all you have to do is open your calendar, send them an email, post on Facebook, like every medium that you have and say, my calendar is now open go and put yourself on my calendar. But there's got to be an event. The more you can get your people's eyes on it, the better. So what is your preferred way to deliver content? Think about that. What is your preferred way? And what is one thing that people have been asking you about that you don't really talk about much? Go live in your group and say, I just wanted to talk to you guys about this. And by the way, today's the first day is the open card for my offer and it's going to close in a couple of days. So let me tell you about this and then I'll tell you more about the offer, right? There's got to be some kind of event. So if you want to simplify, what have we said so far? Pick your start and end of the card opening. Uh, make sure that everybody knows that those are the only dates that they can sign up and that you are going to close the cart. And then just have some event on that first day. Most likely that last day too. Some people leave things for the last minute. Just have some kind of event. It can just be as simple as a Facebook Live. It can be an additional, like a bonus podcast episode. It can be um, just a new video that you pre-recorded. You don't have to be super busy that day. You can just schedule everything. Record, pre-record a video and let everybody know, hey, today's day one. Go and get yourself on my calendar. And then on the last day, hey, this is the final day. Get yourself on my calendar is the last time. People have to hear what the benefit is. So I really hope that is helpful. Um, you don't have to think of it as a launch. Just think of it as you only open your program or for people to work with you a few times a year. So you can just actually schedule all that stuff out in advance. You can just schedule all that stuff out in January. And you do this in March, uh, in May, August, and November. Schedule all the stuff in advance, pre-record the videos, and then all you have to do is just wait for the calendar invites to pop in. That's all you have to do. So I really hope that is helpful, Jen, and I can't wait to see you in an upcoming episode of The Global Phenomenon. Thank you for your question. And for anybody who wants to ask a question, remember, go to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com and I will answer it on the air. Now, I will see you for the three things that Jared Kleiner is doing very right after this little sound. All right, are you ready to learn what Jared Kleiner is doing very right in his business? Let's just dive right in. Let's go to number one. He attended conferences and made connections with a ton of people. We were just talking about this with Patty's question regarding networking, right? How do you do this? 
literally, he made it his job to do this. He went to as many conferences as he could. He shook as many hands as he could. Right now with the pandemic, it becomes a little bit harder to do that, but it doesn't mean that the events are not happening. If you see a Facebook ad for an event, go to it and meet the people who are there. Actually message people, message as many people as you can. That's kind of the equivalent of going to a conference. If you see anything called an online summit, attend and make relationships with the attendees. They're there. They're giving you that information. They tell you who they are. You can message them directly and exchange email addresses and start networking. So this is how he came up with the idea for his first book. He just saw all these millennials changing the world. And he's like, I'm just going to do a compilation. He got over a hundred responses in the Facebook group for that event. So if the event has a Facebook group, go and connect with people there. And this is something you can do even if you're starting your business. This is something that should not take any money. It's something that should not take um, you having a fully fleshed business, it just means going out there and meeting people who are like-minded, who are in the same industry, who could be potential clients, but you got to get out there. If nobody knows about you, if nobody meets you, then you're shortchanging yourself on the opportunities that you could have to meet more people, to sign more clients and to do more collaborations. You definitely want to do that right away. It's a big part of visibility. The second thing that he does really well is that he creates opportunities to serve them, to serve the people that he connects with. So the cold emails, that's how it came about, right? The cold emails didn't just say, hey, please mentor me. The cold emails say, hey, I have something that you might want. Can we do this together? He's always thinking about the other person. What can I do to help them? So when it comes to networking, nobody wants to hear about you. Nobody wants to hear about how awesome you are. People want to hear about what you can do for them. So in networking conversations, when you introduce yourself, you keep it very brief, but very informative to make them ask you, how did you do that? Right? How do you, how do you work with people that way? You know, and start a dialogue with them. But most importantly, learn about what that person that you're networking with, learn about what they're doing, what they need, what they provide, and see if there's anything you can do for them. And that is something that Jared does masterfully well. That's why he's the most connected millennial, according to USA Today, because he provides value to the people that he networks with. And finally, he applied to be on TED. You guys, nobody was like tapping on his shoulder asking him, hey, do you want to be on TED? He applied, just like everybody who's on TED, you applied to be on TED. When was the last time you applied, right? If you're wondering, why am I not on the TED stage? You haven't applied. You haven't even applied. That's all that it takes, all right? Um, and I, I have so much to say about getting on the TED stage. But my point was about number three is that, you guys, listen to this. Jared was a teenager when he started. He had had by his own admission, two businesses that had just miserably failed while he was a teenager. But he wrote this book, and now he felt he had enough authority to go on TED and talk about it. What have you done in your life? What is your story that would give you the authority to get up on a stage and talk about it? I assure you, if you are a business owner, you have a great background. You have a very good story. You have great ideas that are worth spreading. 
you have great ideas that are worth spreading. I feel like that's the TED logo, isn't it? Ideas worth spreading. My point with that one is not, hey, you should go and apply to TED if you are on the first two year of your business. My point is, he was not afraid to ask for that visibility. So how does this translate to someone who's starting out? Everything I've been talking about in this episode, create an event bright and start teaching people. Go to conferences and start talking to everyone. Go to conferences and find out if they're looking for speakers. Are there any descriptions that you match? Could you go out and speak yourself? When it comes to visibility, it's all on you and it takes work, but it's possible. So don't keep telling yourself that you're not an expert and that you're not ready for this. Once you start, you will see how ready you really are. So visibility is all about these things that I'm describing right here that Jared is doing very, very, very right. Number one, attending conferences and meeting as many people as he can. Number two, creating opportunities to serve those people and do something for them and add a ton of value to their life. And number three, apply to speak at conferences, apply to speak at TED, apply to be on stages and give yourself that visibility. It's a ton of work, but only you can do it. All right. I really hope that was helpful. This is how you get visible online. All right. How did that feel? Do you feel like you got a few more ideas, maybe a kick in the pants to get yourself out there with your business? I certainly hope so. And if you would like your question to be featured in the next companion episode, head over to theglobalphenomenonpodcast.com, submit your question, and I will answer it for you on the air. And make sure to hit that subscribe button because next week we have the amazing Elaine Lou Cardis. She created an entire business without focused on because without focusing on launching. She's headed for her seven-figure revenue mark in her business, and she doesn't have any more than 3,000 followers on Instagram. How did she do that? We get into all of that in the next episode of The Global Phenomenon, so hit that subscribe button so you don't miss the notification, and I will see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com slash Facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with a companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Coveney, music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark. 